the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good evening, San Francisco State Class of 2019. Do you recognize that voice, Carrie? Yeah. This is um, yeah. This is uh, Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, doing she has a very distinct voice. But she was doing the commencement at San Francisco State University. Um, you know, n- nervous Nancy. Yeah, that's President Trump's latest nickname. That's but remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about how Trump was calling her crazy Nancy. Mm-hmm. And I thought that he couldn't use that because he already was using that for Bernie Sanders, right? And it's like, I like it with Crazy Bernie, you know, and right. then, you know, well, why would he use the same for Crazy Nancy? So he changed it this week. So now it's Nervous Nancy. So here we go. <laughs> Nervous Nancy fits better. Graduating class to reach this day. Our founders and every generation since have been successful because of their courage to act boldly. At the time, our country was We got to act boldly. In the dark days of the revolution, Thomas Paine wrote, The times have found us. The times have found them to succeed in founding our democracy. And the times have found us now to save and strengthen our democracy. Well, there you go. Is right. She, okay. Is, is so she she's pro-America, thankfully. <laughs> so San Francisco State University, it's got about 25,000 undergraduate students. Yeah. I think um, San Francisco needs some saving. Oh, my gosh. Um, and you see the headlines on the city. Yeah. The cost to go to there after eight is about 14000 It's cheaper on Cal- I was going to say California is cheap. Yeah. Oh, much cheaper than uh, Midwest, you know, Ohio. Graduation rate's about 50%. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. yeah. But their cost of living is. <laughs> well, San Francisco is a, is a, is a eco, uh, ecosystem. It's just it's disappearing. Yeah, it's in it's in crazy shape. You know, it's uh, one in every eleven thousand in the Bay Area residents is a billionaire, but yet everyone else is dirt poor. Right. I was going to say they talk about the homeless, yeah. right? People living on the streets, so, okay, diseases. So, so that's it. So it is graduation season, right? Mm-hmm. So um, here, I'll let you get us started here, but we will talk this month. Um, if you have any grads, I've already been to a high school graduation. I've already been to one of my own children's college graduation. Right. 
Are you any grads in your? No, so, I'm next year. You, you have I'll a boring have summer, Carrie. You yeah, have no weddings, no, weddings, no, no graduations. graduations. What are no you doing with all your time? No graduations. No, no. I'll have a graduation hopefully by the end of this year, and then a high school graduation a year from now. I'm not looking forward to. It. I I find those sad when they're your own. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> it was a granddaughter in my case, high school yeah. graduation. So that's that's happy. But anyways, um, why don't you get us started? All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. We're here to give you helpful information about issues that impact your financial life, whether you're working or already in retirement. It's sponsored by the estate planning team, and the estate planning team has been helping people for more than 34 years in the greater Cleveland area, helping people solve problems, save money, through objective and biased analysis and helping people with short-term decisions and how they impact the longevity of your plan. And also, how do you create the income you need as tax efficiently as possible? How do you address financial disruptors? People are concerned about the impact of rising health care costs economic uncertainty, market volatility, um, and other financial disruptors that you may face, and really helping people know what you can realistically afford to spend without running out of money um, and using different inflation rates. We build these customized plans, um, and it's always about the most net benefit and helping our clients accomplish their goals, and really as much as it about um, using opportunities and avoiding problems and traps. It is also about peace of mind, knowing these are this is what I should be doing if these circumstances happen, or this is what I need to do to make sure I'm on track and what adjustments um, may need to be made in the future. And um, the estate planning team offers a free consultation. We also have some new classes, and Mark called it our summer school this morning. We were talking, he said he... Um, coming up in June, and they're the last time we're doing classes until fall. So we're going to touch on the topics today, but make sure you go to the website, financialfoodforthought.com. You can sign up for the free consultation, or you can see some of our planning classes coming up. One's the IRA Tax Qualified Asset Roth Planning one is next Tuesday at 3 o'clock in Middleburg Heights. And then we have the one the following week um, at 6 o'clock on June 19th, um, the retirement planning one. Okay, and you'll announce those again. You can always mm-hmm. go to the website. But I guarantee you no no summer reading materials right. ahead of time. No, well, no, well, yeah. I shouldn't say Maybe. We'll talk about well, that next month. Okay. So this month we'll talk about um, tips for grads. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if you've been listening to our show, every month we highlight a certain financial topic outside of the normal topics we talk about. And a lot of financial news this last week, right? Mm-hmm. We had the jobs report, you know, worrisome report there. Um, but we also had a lot of Fed speak. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, you saw the roller coaster with the stock market, um, you know, it, an, an upward trend after the Fed speak. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We heard from all the Fed, you know, the Fed's chairmen, they, the, the presidents all had a big meeting in Chicago. So not only do we hear from Powell, you know, we also heard from, you know, Dallas Fed uh, president Kaplan. We heard from the Chicago Fed president uh, Evan. So we heard a lot of Fed speak. And it's interesting that, you know, how, how smart are these guys? You know, that's the question. Can they control monetary policy to the point where we never have another U.S. recession? Or that we can keep this expansion, which will soon be the longest U.S. expansion in history, going. How you know, and 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 maybe they can't eliminate recessions forever, right? But if if they can, you know, get it down to one recession every fifteen to twenty years, that's kind of almost eliminating it forever, right? right? You know, um, 
So, uh, you know, talk a little bit about that. Like I said, a dismal jobs report, you know, 75,000 non-farm mm-hmm. payrolls. A consensus was 175,000. Um, unemployment rates stayed the same, 3.6. Obviously, that's Which is very still low. good. Um, treasury yields, wow. Two years were at one point below 1.8. Ten-year were, you know, low t- two, 2.06, 2.07. Wow. Um, so we'll see. Um Weakness across the board, you know, retail jobs were down, government sector jobs were down, Um, you know, and and that's the that's the idea. You know, the central banks, can they, you know, create inflation? You know, that and and that's the big question right now. You know, if they they they're still stymied on why inflation isn't more than two percent. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, and they can most of those Fed, you know, you know, presidents were saying we just don't see GDP getting too much above two percent. We're in this slow growth economy. And, you know, that, you know, that what is that going to mean to what per, what are you using as a long term rate of return in your plan? OK, um, because maybe your historical 60, 40 allocations or 50, 50 allocations aren't going to get you know, in the next few years, what historically they've gotten over the last 25 years. Uh, that also could affect your pension plans. If you're one of the lucky enough ones who have a pension, you know, in your future, right, where you mm-hmm. can either elect to take a lump sum or a pension annuity. Well, how are this, how is the slow growth economy? How, uh, you know, how is the funding level of these pension plans doing? You know, and, and that's, um, so that's other sub, you know, topics we talk about. Um, sell a main, go away. Remember we were talking about that? Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe they're happy that if you sold right. a main, you know, you know, wow. Um, the S and P was down 6.6% in May. Ouch. Um, ooh, you know, that was now it came back a little bit here in the beginning of June, but that was a, uh, you know, that was a pretty, you know, um, you know, uh, that was a pretty strong drop, you know, that. It's been a while since we saw that type of drop in May. Um, but again, you know, the, the professionals will tell you it, that's just one of those silly little rules that you don't follow. Mm-hmm. Sell in May and go away, right? Um, you know, the idea is, well, yeah, but, you know, you've got to, you know, stick to your guns. Um, don't take on more risk than what you need to be okay. That's how we do at the estate planning team. You know, we try to, you know, you know run models, various models for our clients Showing them that, you know, based on all the other assumptions that you need to make to build a formal written financial plan, mostly that's expenses we talk about, right, mm-hmm. Carrie? Because there is no limit on expenses our clients can think of spending money on. But the idea is what rate of return on your nest egg do you need to be okay in that plan? So it's at least lasting to where your peace of mind is longevity. Right, and making sure... Does your assets match that? Because sometimes people, their plans working at a very low growth rate, even with all the spending they can think of, and you look at their allocation, which we don't do investments, but we're looking at it objectively saying, why are you taking on all this risk that more than you need to, to right. be okay? Then it's that conversation, either our clients who do their own investments or we're talking to with the client with their existing investment advisor saying, hey, we need to relook at this. Right. And having that open conversation. Right. So we're not investment advice. We don't manage assets for our clients. It's a planning team. But we work a lot very closely with our clients if they're using a professional, you know, investment advisor or if they're doing it on their own, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, $4 trillion, second worst May since the 1960s. 
Um, but you know the but like I said, it's come back, and then and then we had the Fed speak, and you know the Fed, you know the 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 comment there was the idea that you know that they're maybe getting ready to cut interest rates. Oh, so geez. you know completely a reversal from what they were talking at the end of last year, right? To now saying that. Um, you know, and again, everybody puts a lot of word or a lot of emphasis on the words that Jerome Powell, you know, says. And his quote was, "We will, you know, will act as appropriate to sustain the expansion." So, re- mm-hmm. what is he saying there? You know, are they really trying to say, "Hey, they're willing to, you know, cut rates if they think they can keep this expansion going," meaning, you know, from, uh, you know prolonging the next U.S. recession, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the market makers have already took that to, to heart, they, and that's why you saw the market rise, right? Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're about, there's a, like a, you know, right now, they're, they're using about a 92% chance that there will be a rate cut by September. Ooh. Okay, and that's already being, you know, factored into the market, right? And I don't know why they're thinking that it's going to be that soon, but maybe it's because, you know, the federal, a lot of people think the Federal Reserve will be quiet during the 2020 election year, not to make waves, right? So if they are going to... They're going to do it before you're in. I don't know. We'll see. Um, all right. So what else? Um, but a lot of mixed signals. You know, I've been talking about mixed signals, right? So do you believe that, you know, the feds are that smart that we'll never have another U.S. recession? Mm, I don't um, know. Are you in the camp that thinks it's still four or five years out? Are you in the camp that thinks it's going to happen in 2020? All right. There's not a lot of consensus out there. Right. But regardless, I think it's more important if it does happen, how do I need to adjust and what do I need to do? Because right. I can't control if there's going to be a recession or not. I can only control my assets, my spending, my allocation. And your cash reserve, right? right? So, you know, one of the things we keep, you know, uh, recommending to our clients is that if you are in the camp that thinks we could have the next economic downturn, whether it be a, you know, bear market crash or a U.S. recession, that you have enough of a cash reserve that you can maintain, you know, your spending gap, you know, right. what, the things you want to do, whether it's you may be planning a new automobile, you may be planning college education, you may be planning a new home, you may be planning a, you know, trip to Hawaii, right? But the idea is, you know, those big ticket items, you don't want to say, you know, you want the peace of mind that you've modeled in the next economic downturn to your financial plan. We call it plan R, right? Right. Or plan recession or, or you know, or recovery, whatever. But the idea is saying that you can still do the things that you were planning to do in your plan A, even if this economic downturn happens in the next few years. And and you that gives you the idea of how much you need in your cash reserve to cover those big ticket items for the next couple of years. So if it, it, the recession does start happening, not that you can try to time it, but if it does start happening, you've got some flexibility. You could still sell your stocks if you wanted to. But if you didn't want to sell your stocks in a down market, and by the way, lose the dividends on them you have the cash flexible you have the cash reserve you can dip into your flexibility there and then wait out the economic downturn and then you know reestablish your cash reserve in later years so that's kind of the concept of getting ready but mixed signal so this was an interesting take so this was um so there's a investment uh, management co- uh, company out there called crestcat capital carry right okay and they came up with an interesting um you know, a trend here. And what they're, what they what they're saying is, you know, look out, buckle up because 
what's happening with oil and gold is not a good sign for what's going to happen with stocks. Okay. Okay. Um, and so what they're what they're te- what they're trending is you know they're they're tracking when weeks when gold and silver stocks rallied at at least five point two percent, while at the same time oil is declining by about eight percent. Hmm. So when when gold when so you know gold is is rising right. and oil is plunging okay because they say that doesn't happen too often okay. okay it happened twice back in two thousand right and we know what happened in two thousand but it's different this time the tech it, bubble right? well hold on it happened once again it's only happened three times okay twice back in two thousand okay and then it happened again in two thousand eight. But it's different this okay. time, right? Well, they're saying it's not different this time. Okay. They're saying it's but happened, but, so it's happened again right now. But is it what's driving that? Um, well, you know, all the, you know, whatever you want, whatever headwind you want to pick, um, you know, only is it, only three other times in history, precious metals surge while oil plunged. All of them happened during severe bear markets and recessions. Okay. Um Gold to oil, okay, this is why it's happening, Carrie. Gold to oil ratio surging, copper prices getting annihilated, corporate spreads widening, credit markets screaming recession. Okay, do you want okay, me to go on? Because the Fed's utterly dovish comments just added to the list. Rate cuts when late in the business cycle have never been a bullish sign. It reaffirms the many bearish macro signals that we have been pointing out. Economic conditions are weakening in the face of asset bubbles everywhere. Okay, the stock market is susceptible to uh, bouts of bullish sentiment. Okay, there is speculative force typical of late cycle markets that is willing to shrug off deteriorating economic data and a dash trade deal with China. Too many want to drive that momentum train just a bit longer. They are not deterred by arguments of excessive valuations. Now, are they, do these guys know what they're talking about? I don't know. Um, they had a pretty good year last year in 2018 when the S&P was down, you know, 6%, right? Mm-hmm. You know what their return was in their um, 41%? Hmm. Not bad. Um, no, not you know, at all. But anyway, so again, it's, I'm not, you know, there's not a lot of consensus out there. A lot of mixed signals, right? Um, so... You know, the other thing, Carrie, the class that we're going to have this week, right? On, on Tuesday. On the IRA and Roth IRA, and it's a little bit more than that. Right. And, and I want to remind people, if you have company plans, IRAs, or similar types of assets, um, whether you're 59 and a half or older or you're 70 and a half or older and already taking minimum required distributions, there's still a lot of mistakes that people make. You need to know the rules when it comes to these assets and opportunities that you may be missing out on. And that's the big one in understanding um, the different tax thresholds and why you might want to take advantage of Remember, we still are in more favorable tax rates. And if you're someone who thinks tax rates are going to go up in the future and own these assets, this is an important time to really take the time to look at opportunities that might exist right now, right. especially in down market. I mean, I know the market's up now, but if you're worried about economic uncertainty or the market volatility, maybe right. these are things you want to look at. And again, that class is Tuesday, June 11th at three o'clock, right in Middleburg Heights. You can register online. We do ask that you register ahead of time. We have a great workbook for everybody who attends. It's all about planning strategies and concepts. If you cannot make the class, you can, or if you want to come to the class and you can always schedule a free consultation specifically about this issue. And if you provide us information, 
we'll do some analysis on the asset. I don't think people realize, and we do show an example in the class, that minimum required distribution in many cases actually creates more tax dollars for the government. If you come in for the free consultation, we'll plug in your numbers and show you how much you get to spend, how much is left for your heirs, and how much the government gets. And in some cases, and too many cases, the government actually gets more than your heirs. And wouldn't you rather redirect it either to yourself for spending during your lifetime or to your kids, your grandkids, charities, something else? So and and an example of that, Carrie, is, is for example, um, you know, like the the Roth conversion, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And... You know, a lot of people say, well, our Roth conversions, If you, and remember, there's two ways you can get money into a Roth IRA. One is contributions, right? Right. If you still are have earned income, and then one is conversions. That's mm-hmm. when, you know, you, you are, um, you know, you're converting existing IRA dollars to Roth IRA dollars. Um, now you have to pay the taxes to do that, right? Mm-hmm. And for that reason alone, a lot of people say, "Well, don't bother doing it because it's it, it just if you have to if you're going to convert your IRA to Roth, but it's causing taxes, and the only way you have to pay the taxes on the conversion is by using the IRA. It kind of washes out the benefit. There's a truth to that. If you don't know what we mean by that, come to the class. We go through an example of that. But but that but that that just means that's just bad planning. In other words, when when we're planning Roth conversions for our clients, we don't design it that the way they have to pay the tax on the conversion is using the IRA dollars because we agree that washes out a right. lot of things. Now, but just because of that, a lot of people, simple, a lot of professionals, you may hear simply say, "Oh, don't worry about doing Roth conversions; you don't really get ahead." Well, I don't know if that's the case. Um, I mean, Carrie, you know, we've had cases where we've had clients who, when they come in to see us, they're retired, let's say. They're mm-hmm. not at 70 and a half yet, so they don't have a required minimum. And they're still, you know, they're saying they're not taking any money out of their IRAs or doing any IRA conversions. They've always been told, just wait for a required minimum. Right. And they tell us, well, Mark, I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't plan on going to Hawaii and, and I don't need any home improvements and I, and I don't want to buy a new car and my, and my kids don't need any money and my, my grandkids all got full scholarships to college, so they don't have any student loan debt. So I don't even need to take money on my IRA right now. I, I just want to leave it there. And it's like, well, okay, well, then have you thought about Roth conversions? And it's the idea, well, I've always heard that Roth conversions, you know, don't really get, you know, is a win in the end. And it's like, well, really? I mean, you know, because, Carrie, how many times over the decades that we have seen um, where a client who's coming into us for the first time, we ask for their tax returns, we see where they're at, they're in a zero tax bracket. Or in the next lowest tax bracket, yeah. and they're not taking advantage of that because do you really understand the long-term impact or where your tax future is headed? And if you're someone who saved and save and have a lot in company plans and IRAs, when you have to take that minimum- Do you know where that's going? Do you know if it's going to shoot you over the Medicare B threshold? Those are hard thresholds. Right. And if you've, and when you, 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 Carrie, you've mentioned the word thresholds a couple of times this morning. Come to class. We play the tax limbo game. That's where we look at those major thresholds that, and there's a lot of arbitrary tax thresholds in our right. complicated tax code, right? But the main, there's about six or seven main ones that, you know, our clients are always, you know, talking about. It could be where you're losing the 0% or the lower tax bracket, right. where you're losing the 0% long-term capital gains rate, maybe where your Medicare beer 
uh, Medicare B and Medicare D premiums right. start going up, you know, you know, those types of thresholds, right? And so the idea is, well, if, if you're sitting in retirement and you're in a very low tax bracket and, and depending on how big your IRA is, that will depend on how big your required minimums will be. Right. And the idea is, do you know if what that will do to your tax return when those start kicking in? Right. And we run some preliminary for the free consultation. But if you're worried about tax rates in the government and tax rates going up in the future, right now may be even a bigger opportunity right. if you're in that camp. Right. Because we've got the lower, ta- you know, the, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, we've got the lower individual tax rate tables. That's not permanent. Right. That's through 2025 right now. And and depending on how the elections go, we'll see if Congress extends those lower rates or makes mm. them permanent. Um, but the, but the, the the idea so that back to that client who co- you know a new client that we see that they're in zero and we like well you know do you understand that you haven't even maxed out zero yet in other words you could actually be taking a, you could be actually implementing a Roth conversion just to max out your zero tax bracket mm-hmm. well why wouldn't you do that because you didn't know um, you know and so you just I I, I I I sometimes roll my eyes when I hear a professional right off the cuff no matter you know. Without any, you know, without saying running any analysis, come out and say, oh, Roth conversions don't make sense. And each year stands alone. So some of our clients, we're looking at it every year. I mean, we have a client, we've, she's been with us 20 plus years, and we've done some years we've done, depending on what else is hitting her tax return, sometimes we've done 4000 from her IRA. And she's, this was, we started it before she was 70 and a half. Now that she's in, she can take more than the minimum, but some years she's taken 4000 some years she's taken 10 six down. The amount of money that she's moved from the IRA is tens of thousands of dollars over this time, maybe even a hundred thousand. I don't know the number, but that she's paid no taxes on it. Right. That's and it, huge. And it'll never be taxed again, you know, assuming they, you know, the under the current right. law. Because, you know, and when you have money in a Roth IRA, now we, we have to talk about, I mean, when you come to the class, we talk about the five-year holding period in order to get earnings out of a Roth IRA tax-free. But that that's not, I don't have time on the radio to go through that. But there are, you have to, you know, cross the T's and dot your I's. It's a coordinated effort, right, mm-hmm. between your investment advisors, your CPAs, and your financial planners. You know, we coordinate that with your other advisors to make sure everyone's on the same page. The other one, too, is... Um, the qualified charitable distribution. So we have a lot of you know clients right now who have been forced to go to that maneuver. This is what we're talking about is if you are 70 and a half and you are making charitable contributions, but under the new law, you are no longer you know getting over your higher standard deduction, right, Carrie, that you're mm-hmm. not really getting the deduction for your charitable contributions. But under the qualified charitable distribution rules, that says you are allowed to move money directly from your IRA and move it directly to your charity, okay, directly to the charity. It doesn't go through you. You know, the check is made payable to the charity, right? But that qualifies, suffices for your required minimum, and the benefit that you receive on your tax return is you don't have to report it as taxable income. So, for example, let's say you had a $10,000 required minimum, and typically you give $5,000 a year to charity. You would say, oh, I'm taking 5000 of my 10000 required minimum, and I'm going to send it directly to my charity. Right. So you in the other 5000 to make up your total required minimum, you're going to spend yourself, right? So when you get to your tax return, the total distribution is 10000 but you make the adjustment for the 5000 to work for the charity, so only 5000 is taxable. So by doing that, what's the benefit? Well, one... 
you are now lowering your federal adjusted gross income. Which if you're close to one of those thresholds in the tax limbo, if you're right at the you know borderline, or what if I'm close to paying higher Medicare B premiums, and it's much different whether you're single or filing jointly, or what if you file separately, you want to make sure... Maybe that's a reason alone to get that down. Right. And so not only are you lowering your federal tax, because if you're an Ohio taxpayer, right, Ohio begins with your federal adjusted gross income. Ohio never gave you charitable deductions anyways. So basically when Ohio, you know, you have a lower federal adjusted gross income. So now your Ohio adjusted gross income is starting lower, meaning you're also lowering your Ohio tax. So it's a double win there, right? So a lot of and the IRA custodians, you know, are, are they're getting, you know, there's a, there's believe me, there's millions of taxpayers who are switching to this. So they're making it a pretty turnkey operation. If you, you know, right, but you talk can't. You have to be careful. You can't get the check sent to you and then you write it to the charity. You have well, you, to be you, sure. Well, you, you can't get a distribution. Yeah, the check can't be made payable to you. Right. You but can, I'm just saying, yeah. people say, oh, just send me the money and I'll write it to charity. Right. Yeah. No. By direct charitable, meaning the check can be made out to the charity. It could be sent to you, but it's made out to the charity, and then you can hand deliver it. But what you should be looking for, the other problem we've seen is that the 1099Rs right now have no indication on, the 1099Rs carry are those things you get right. when you do an IRA distribution, right? right? And they have all those little codes on them could that mean pension, something. pension, IRA distribution, company right. plan. R stands for retirement, right? So, um, so it, it has a lot, and I remember the back of those things that got all those small print with all the codes on it. Mm-hmm. Well, right now there is no official IRS code that tells the person reading the 1099R that there was a qualified charitable distribution. I think that's a mistake, by the way. I think right. the IR, I think they're going to have to correct that. But in the meantime, that's why you really have to coordinate this with the parties. You got to make sure that your tax preparer knows that you did a qualified charitable distribution. By the way, if you are doing these and and the charity is not getting back to you with some confirmation that they received it, mm-hmm. don't wait. Follow up. You have to make sure that. When things are done, follow through, get confirmation. Right. So that they should be sending a letter or some confirmation you saying, thank you, Mrs. Smith, for your qualified charitable distribution that we receive from XYZ Brokerage House in the amount of blah, 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 blah for the year, blah, blah, blah. And make sure that gets sent with your tax. Um, when you do the tax preparation the following year, make sure that 1099R and that letter go hand in hand. And I would point that out. Right. So these are some of the things that we'll be talking at our summer school. So, Carrie, right. why don't you go through them? All right. Our class, again, is next Tuesday, June 11th. It's the IRA and Roth planning class. If Remember, if you have IRAs, company plans, or similar assets, class is about planning strategies and concepts in some of these examples. It's um, Tuesday at 3 o'clock in Middleburg Heights. Then on when, the following Wednesday at 6 o'clock, also in Middleburg Heights is our class for people in retirement or thinking about their retirement um, 10 years or less. And we're talking about all those issues that impact your lifestyle. Um, we're going to talk about rising health care costs, inflation, financial disruptors, the tax law changes and using opportunities, avoiding traps. How do you factor in spending issues? Another one is retirement rules that are often misused, misunderstood, and maybe why you shouldn't follow those. And if you'd like to register for either class or come in for a free consultation, you can give us a call at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Remember, the consultations can be by phone or in person. Um, We're not investment advisors. What we do is very different, and we have hourly and retainer options for people who might want a little bit of help or a lot of help. You can also go to Angie's List where we've been Super Service Award winners multiple years to see reviews 
or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com or call the office at 440-239-2090. All right, you're listening to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 34 years. And we do it one plan, one family at a time. And we always, you know, invite not only our listeners, but also our clients who also come to the classes. Because one one of the things we'll always be doing at our classes is keeping an eye on new tax law, right? And so I mentioned, you know, before my California break, and Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'll talk a little bit about California at the end. We'll see. Um, So I was out in L.A. for a while. Now, that's an interesting place, right? But... um, but remember, I was talking about before that how the House had passed their retirement bill. Right, right? which we've had lots of questions. Remember, the, it wasn't made into law yet. Right, the Secure we've Act. We've had calls call. and emails. Um, right, and there and part of, you know, some of the main points there, they were going to raise the required minimum distribution age from 70 and a half to 72. It was going to... Um, it, you know, it was going to make some adjustments to what, you know, you could use with the 529 plans other than just, you know, post high school education. Um, it was going to, you know, you know, have annuities. It was going to force companies to put annuities back into the 401ks. You know, a lot. And that, that, if you want to go back and catch that show, you can go back and listen to our prod, podcast that you can get on the um, the website, Carrie. Mm-hmm. And, and, Financialfoodforthought.com. Actually, now if you click on podcast, it'll take you to WHK Radio, and you can see the local podcast there. Okay. So the SECURE Act passed by overwhelming. The vote was 417 yays to three nays. I'd like to know who was the nay. <laughs> I know. I, I should look it up. But um, but now it's back in the Senate, you know, with, and, right. the, and their comparable bill they call RISA, RISA. Um, and they shouldn't make ones that sound close to each other, but you know, but why? So what's the status there? Well, apparently Ted Cruz is holding it up. Okay. In the Senate. And apparently he is objecting to the, because the house version, remember I said they were going to make changes to the 529 plans. Well, one of the changes was they wanted to allow 529 plan distribute distributions to be used for homeschooling. Okay. Okay, Right. Um, and like supplies from like K through 12. Right. And that's what the House kicked out. And and I think probably because I don't think the teachers unions were too happy about that. Right. Um, but the Senate. So Ted Cruz is, is holding up the Senate version because he wants that back in. So, you again, know, you don't always get what you want. Um, so we'll see how they reconcile that. OK, so um, tips for grads. Right, Carrie? Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Um, well, one of the things is, um, you know, if you've got a college grad and let's say they're out now looking for employment and let's say, you know, we're in a low unemployment, chances are they're going to get a job, right, Karen? Mm-hmm. Let's hope. Maybe not the first month out of school, but, you know, maybe by the sixth month or so. Um, so, you know, if but, but maybe they were lucky enough they did get a job, but maybe, the, you know, they're only going to be working for a few, a few months this year, right, Carrie? Mm-hmm. So one of the tips you may talk to them about is, um, you know, we talk about withholding, right? And, you know, if you if you just go in and you start a new job, even let's say you start in July right. at, at, a, at an annual salary, right. they're going, you know, they're unless you tell them differently, your, your payroll department, mm-hmm. they're going to, you know, start doing withholding taxes based on the full year salary. 
Well, yeah, because you don't, I mean, usually you fill out those forms. Now, we're all waiting for the new W-4 form to come out, right? The, the, they've, the IRS has released a second, a new draft because the one they came out last year was a complete disaster. How much money and time and effort is going yeah. into this? I, I, have you seen the new draft? I looked I saw, at it. I saw it it's online. It's like, really? It's, uh, you might as well just do a tax return. But if, by the way, that's what we do for our clients. In other words, if, if um, I mean, really, if you want to figure out if exactly if you're, you know, are you, are you on track to follow a previous year save harbor or current year safe harbor, you know, we work with our client CPAs and we work that out together, especially if you're working on a current year safe harbor, because basically you do have to do a tax pro forma to really know exactly what you should be withholding and or making estimated payments. It, that's how complicated this tax code has gotten. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's you know, um, but anyways, um, so, it, to you know, so the case is for that, the, the new grad who's only going to be working six months, but it, why, why send all that withholding taxes just to wait around for a refund, right? So there are, you know, there are things you can do. Um, you can, you know, you know, and the way the law works is that if you're expecting to work, you know, 245 or fewer days in a year, Carrie, mm-hmm. you can ask your, your employers to use a, a part year, a part time method. OK. Uh, part year withholding. OK. So they will be, they will make that adjustment. And they'll withhold it knowing that you're not going to have a full year's of wages. Right. So you don't wind up with a big refund. So, you know, you could, you know, you could do that. Right. And, and by the way, and you say, well, is that going to be that much money? Well, it depends on how much your grad is making. Or how much student loan debt they have. And by the way, when <laughs> in six months, those student loans, they have to start paying it back, right? right? So maybe they want to pay it a little early so no more interest I mean, is the, accrued. Right. The stats right now for 2019, 70% of college grads will have student loan debt. Yeah. Ouch. Okay. The average amount? 20000 33000 okay. All right. Um, now, so yeah, that, you know, so they could use the extra take-home pay maybe to start paying their student loan debt, right? Um, now, the um, now speaking of that, though, Carrie, there's also an issue um, about, you know, can't, you know, don't forget to tell your recent grads that their student loan debt interest may be tax deductible for them. Right. Okay. Because, you know, if, I don't know if, you're, if, you're, if your student, you know, your college grad is doing his own tax return yet or hers, right? Have they bought a robot yet? You know, are they using your, are, are you doing it for them? Um, are, is your CPA doing it for them? Mm-hmm. Okay. But if they're doing it on their own, if you're launching them and you say, hey, hey guy, it's time to start doing your own tax return. Right. Okay. Don't forget to tell them about checking out to see if their student loan interest will be deductible. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, so what are the rules there? Well, the total, the the amount it's it's capped at twenty five hundred dollars per year. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the most you, you could deduct. You don't have. Are, are, yeah. Are there any proposals that they're going to increase that with all these student loan debt? I don't know. I, I think I think Bernie Sanders just says we're going to, you know, the, the taxpayers are going to bail out all the student loan. I mean, obviously. OK, then how much is that going to cost us taxpayers? Oh, well, I, well what's the student loan debt? One point five trillion. Right. I, was I mean, say. I mean, obviously, everybody knows that's not going to get paid. Right. Um, I mean, the great majority. But maybe I mean, they that, should up that. The amount that you can deduct on your taxes might help. Yeah, I don't. But I mean, it's, it's even limited after that, Carrie. I mean, that's, right. you know, because it's there's an income cap. So right. if, if so you're if making I, too much income, you don't get to deduct So if it. I went to school, made a ton of money or have a ton of debt because I, but I got a great job. Well, if you're working out in, you know, Silicon Valley in San Francisco, right. you know, college grad making 350000 a year. Yeah. You don't get to write off your student loan debt. Mm. All right. Um, by the way, what is the threshold? Well, let's talk about that. 
So first of all, what you want to make sure that your your college grad doesn't throw out when he gets it in the mail is Form 1098E. Okay, that's Form 1098E, as For in Edward. Okay, because that's the form that his his loaner his his loan right. will send out saying how much it, loan interest is is available to this deduction. So so grads don't or tell parents tell your grads don't throw that thing out. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, now. But it is a phase-out, okay? So what's the phase-out? So if you're a single filer for 2019, if your modified adjusted gross income is 70000 you start getting phased out of that $2,500 deduction. And at $85,000, you are completely phased out, okay? Well, that stinks. Um, married filing jointly, okay? Um, so maybe you want to tell the new employer, uh, don't pay me as much because I'm faced. <laughs> then uh, married filing jointly, the student loan interest deduction starts being phased out at 140 and maxes out. Uh, the phase out is complete at 170 thousand of modified adjusted gross income. So you know now if they're and if your college grad is using one of the robots, um, the robots will handle that as long as they input the 1098E correctly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so how else? You know, so what other tips um, can you you know are, can you offer your grads? Well. One of the things is, you know, how do the, the, the new college grads, how do they juggle, Carrie, the idea that they're finally getting a real paycheck, right? Mm-hmm. So what do they want to do for the first time? Spend money. Spend money, you know, because they've never had money before, right? They want to buy a car, right? They want to maybe buy a condominium or maybe they want to buy a house, you know. Um, certainly they want to move. Pay, maybe they want to move out of your basement. Maybe they want to pay down student debt. Well, maybe they don't, right? Oh. Um, but that's the issue. <laughs> right? They should. Maybe they better budget to do that, right? Um, so, you know, and, and also, remember, not only is it a good idea for everyone to build a cash reserve, it's certainly a good idea for new college grads being launched to build a cash reserve, right? Right. Okay. But everyone's telling these people, too, hey, if you've got a new company and they got a 401k and they're offering you a company match, you better be doing that. Right. So what do I do? Which comes first? Well, you got to do a little bit of both. All three. Right. You've got to do, you've got to get them thinking that they have to do all three. You know, they've got to pay down their student loan debt. Right. You got to have a little bit Unless, of money. Uh, well, morally, I mean, that's a moral issue. If you, right. you know, if you think you're going to get away with it or you think that Bernie Sanders is going to elect it and, and he's going to make, you know, bail everyone out. Um, but, yeah, but then know, it's going to cost my taxes more anyway. So, um, and if I'm phased out, and but you still got to, you know, and <laughs> and yeah, it's great to you know put into the four hundred one k and get that free match. Um, but again, don't sacrifice your emergency fund, right? Um, you got to build up a little pot. So they're all important. They're all those are the probably the top three priorities. So you know, what are some of the rules? You know, so we talk about. The 50-30-20 rule, Carrie, right? Right, but that's a rule that can apply. Well, you always talk about on the show, if somebody follows that from the beginning, you've talked about on previous shows, that you're going to have a great retirement if you follow it early from the beginning in their 20s. But it's very different somebody who starts in their 50s or 60s. Right. So if you come to our retirement class in the summer school, and that, that date. That Carrie, is June 19th. It's a Wednesday at 6 o'clock in Middleburg Heights. Okay. 
um, we will go through, if you've never heard of the 50-30-20 rule, um, we'll go through some examples. And yeah, obviously the 50-30-20 rule works for a 24-year-old or a 21-year-old, you know, new college grad, if they can start right away. You know, if, 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 if you can get a new grad starting and following the 50-30-20 rule, he will ha- the only one thing will happen, Carrie, he'll have a great retirement. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what we go in the class is say, can the 50-30-20 rule save the 50-year-old? And, you know, well, but I won't have time to go through that right. today's radio show, but come to the class and we go through that. Well, it's like some well. of these rules are good guidelines, but you need to adjust and customize them to your situation and reality. Right. So what is the 50-30-20 rule? Well, here, real simply, it, it, the idea is you take your gross income, 50% right. of it you use for your mandatory daily living expenses, food, housing, health insurance, income taxes, you know, right. those types of things. The 30% is what you spend on discretionary. That could be entertainment, eating out, travel, hobbies, that type of thing. And then the 20% is what's going into your savings. Now, that could be your company, your new 401k plan where you're trying to get the free match, but it also may be your, your, your emergency fund. You know, so you're building that up as well. Okay. Um, now, if you, now, real quick example. Let's you, and it really doesn't matter how much money you're making. That's mm-hmm. the beauty of this plan. What, I don't care if your new starting salary for your grad is, is $50,000 a year or $150,000 a year. It still works because the idea is it's teaching you early to, to live below your means. Right. And then it's that compounding earnings on the 20% savings that you're doing. Um, and even if you can't get to 20% savings in year one, the idea is can you get up there pretty quickly in your early years? So a real quick example. Let's take a 24-year-old, carry, right? Let's say he plans on you know retiring at age 67, his full retirement age under the current law for uh, Social Security, right? So he's going to be working for 44 years. Let's start with a 50000 Okay. okay. 50000 starting salary. That could be a single or maybe he's married jointly and they're both making 25000 Okay. Right? So 25000 uh, goes to the mandatory. Right. Um, 15000 goes to discretionary and 10000 goes into savings. Let's say the savings rate earns, let's say it's a 5% rate of return. Okay. okay. If you want, how you customize this, if you think 5% is too high, you use lower. If you think 5% is too low, you use higher. Right. Okay. Um, cumulative savings by the time they're 67. And now let's assume that he gets pay increases over those 44 years. Let's assume 2% pay increases a year. Some years he may get three, four, some years he may get zero, you know, whatever, 2%. So, you know, it's, it's, his income is going to double, you know, in, in, uh, in, in about 37 years. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I don't think that's too aggressive of an, of a, per, right. uh, of, you know, project. now, um, so what would his cumulative savings be at age 67? A lot. $2.158 million. Think he's okay for going into retirement? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and at that point, you know, you, you know, you go from there. So we know the 50-30 plan works um, for the 24-year-old. You know, the question is, you know, does it work for the 50-year-old? And that's, you know, if you come to the class, we'll talk more about it. All right. Remember, the estate planning team offers a free, no obligation consultation by phone or in person to see if our planning process is appropriate for you. And we help people who are already in retirement or already taking minimum required distribution and or people thinking about their future retirement years. And we help estates of varying sizes. And we also help people varying ages. And we've been doing this for more than 34 years in the greater Cleveland area. You can also come out to our free educational classes coming up. Remember, these June summer classes are the last time we're doing classes until fall. We have next Tuesday, June 11th at three o'clock in Middleburg Heights. 
uh, the IRA and Roth planning one, or Wednesday, June 19th at 6 o'clock is the retirement planning one. And you can register or for questions or to schedule a consultation, call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So we have a few minutes left, Carrie. No, I don't know this song. Well, where was I, Carrie, last week? (laughs) California. But specifically? Los Angeles. You never heard this song before? No. It's kind of a big hit. Not Um, yet. I guess maybe not the beginning. um, Kind of a heartthrob as a singer. Okay. Died young. Okay. All right. No hints yet? No idea. Maybe when you hear his voice. Probably. Okay. The maybe. Name of, I don't... I, the name of the song is L.A. Woman. Oh, okay. Uh, if you, oh, if, I've heard this song before. I was, I was really going to be disappointed. The Carrie. Doors, right? Thank you. All right. Very good, Gary. Do we know the singer? <laughs> is it Jim? Jim, yeah. Morris. Morrison. Yeah, there you go. I knew you were going to get okay, this. Okay, but I was like, the beginning, I'm like, mm. So... Yeah, I was out in L.A. I was launching one of my daughters who just graduated from college. My first trip to L.A. L.A., I don't understand L.A. I've been 30-plus years ago. Um, You know, obviously the traffic's terrible. The weather's great. Okay, everybody knows that. Um, I just don't, you know, the tacos are to die for, right? Okay. Um, But I just don't know how it all works. (laughs) I mean, I, I, so I'm in, I'm staying, I guess I'm in the tourist, you know, group, right? right. Bubble. I, I, I heard, I, I rarely heard English. Okay. Okay. Um, That's no surprise. No. I mean, in the hotel uh, lobbies and the hotel elevators, you know, and every restaurant I went into. Okay. Um, I rarely heard English until I started speaking English. Right. <laughs> then they would, you know, speak English. Right. Um, which is fine. I'm in the tourist. A lot right. of a lot of people from all over the world go to L.A., right? Right. Um, but I just don't know how you know how all the economy works. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm I was in Hollywood, right? Right. And Hollywood, it's on its own, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's just a I driving think you saw force. Some interesting people. Um, well, yeah, it, people you know, watching. And of course, you got the new green economy, you know, happening in California. But I was that wasn't as bad, you know. You saw, you know, it's funny. I think I probably saw as many donut shops as I did pot shops. You know, I mean, all the health talk about L.A. I couldn't believe how many donut shops. Not that I, you know, fraternize either one of them. Right. Period, but I mean, but and one may some really lead to the other. But I mean, it was like I couldn't believe how many donut shops I saw. You know, with donut, donut, donut shops everywhere. Um, but, you know, you didn't really see, you know, if, if you get down to the boardwalks and the beaches, Venice right. Beach or whatever. Yeah. You know, you're going to smell the marijuana every you know, two seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like in your face, you know, it, it, okay. you know, um, but the, um, but what I really loved about California were that they have wonderful museums. Okay. So if mm-hmm. you're taking a trip out, you've got to take advantage of the museums. Okay. Now we did some of the studio tours, you know, cause that's what right. my daughter's into, but right. I mean, I love the museums. The Norton Simon Museum, Carrie, I highly recommend it. Okay. What is that a museum of? Um, it's just art and, and gardens. But he was um, he was like a brilliant business guy. He sold a lot of canned tomatoes. It hunts, you know. Oh, okay. McCall's Publishing, ever heard of them? Yeah. Canada Dry. Max Factor, remember them? Yeah. Um, Avis Car Rental. Yeah. That's all Norton. Okay. Okay. He made some money. Um, you know, and that was a great museum. 
Um, students get in uh, free with an ID. You know? Nice. Um, the uh, no other charges for their special exhibit. So you got to go to that one. I was at the Huntington Library and Botanical Gardens. That is fa- fantastic. Okay, Huntington. He was a railroad baron. You know, okay. born in New York, went out to California to build the California Railroad. He made some bucks, Carrie. Right. At one time, he had the largest personal library in the world. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Do you know how many copies of books and manuscripts are in his personal I library? I can't imagine. Over five million. Okay. He had original everything. Original, you know, Gutenberg Bibles, original Canterbury Tales, all the original medical books. He had everything. It was just, it was just staggering. He was also a brilliant garden. You know, his, his gardens, I think it's 400 acres in the middle of the, you know, California. Oh, wow. Um, but, you know, he built these gardens. But, you know, not only were they themed, every garden was themed, whether it be desert or jungle or Japan or China. But if you like in the, in the Japan, you know, garden, he actually built Japan structures. Oh, neat. You know, so bridges, lakes, mm-hmm. buildings, all, you know, I mean, he, it, was, it was fascinating. So I can't, I highly recommend that, you know, and the gardens, I mean, the rose garden alone, you could spend two hours mm-hmm. in, um, every, every rose you could think of in bloom, you know, I mean, the fragrance is just staggering. Um, also the Griffith Observatory, you know, high up in the mountain, in the hills, you know, you get a 360 view of LA, you know, you want to go up there at sunset and watch the lights of LA come on. And then if it's a clear night, you can walk into the telescope and look at the sky, the stars, it's wonderful, but all right, Carrie, we got to get all out of right. here. All right. Well, take advantage of our free consultation or come out, too. We hope to see you at our summer school in June classes. Um, Also, don't forget on our website, now we have a link to our podcast where you can hear previous shows. Um, Call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit Financial Food for Thought. That's financialfoodforthought.com. All right. And so we'll stick on the idea of grip tips for grads and we'll also this month we'll talk a little bit about summer vacation are you taking summer vacation carrie i don't know a lot of americans are going to skip it this year mm-hmm. so we'll stay tuned for that have a good week everyone tune in next week for more financial food for thought for more information about the show for estate planning or upcoming seminars Call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.